0: We've all heard the phrase, like father, like son. And this phrase is no more true than in the story of Abraham and Isaac. See, Isaac is now in Gera. He has obeyed the word of the Lord. But see, staying in Gera has its own challenges. See, just because God told you to do something does not always mean that that thing will always be smooth. Many times we'll find ourselves that the things that God tells us to do are not necessarily the smoothest or the finest without any problems. In fact, we will realize that in many cases, God sends us to these tasks and errands just so that we may be tried and that our faith may be strengthened in him. And I believe it is the same case in the story of Isaac you see for some time isaac had isolated himself from the community from the people of canaan after all his father abraham told him specifically that you are not to mingle with the uh, people of canaan in fact you will not marry a canaanite and he had obeyed that voice he had obeyed that instruction and married rebecca who was taken from ur of the chaldees from the home place of Abraham now this is kind of interesting because Isaac had isolated himself from the people that he was supposed to bless and remember that the text told us many times that through the God's plan was that through Abraham through Isaac all the families of the earth should be blessed those that bless them will be blessed those that curse them will be cursed that was the promise but Isaac did not want to conflict with the inhabitants of the land. But God works in marvelous ways. Perhaps God caused this famine to move Isaac to a specific place to try his faith to a specific place to show his glory. This is supported by the fact that God chose the specific location of his final dwelling place. Of his final destination the word says and the lord appeared unto him and said go not down into egypt dwell in the land which i shall tell thee of but isaac like his father because of prejudice prejudged the people because of misinformation misjudged the people and labeled them all wicked or villains now before we judge isaac or abraham let us do a little introspection into our hearts when was the last time we preached or shared the word of God, not even preach, share the word of God to an unbeliever? When was the last time we had a meaningful communication with someone who was not of our faith or like Isaac, are we, are we isolated or like Isaac, are we too afraid to converse with the people, the very same people that we are supposed to be a light to not just light salt to and salt must always converse with the substance upon which it must affect. But we'll find in many cases that like Isaac, we have made our own conclusions about the final salvation of those with whom we must reach, those that we must uh, win. And so Isaac did not approach Gera in love, but in fear, which is why in Genesis chapter 26, verse seven, we have these words. And the men of the place asked him of his wife and he said she is my sister for he feared to say she is my wife lest said he the men of the place should kill me for Rebekah because she was fair to look upon evidently Isaac did not love these people and I'm not just saying this to to say it but the word of God says the perfect love casts out all fear. And you would think that after the summon that God gave Isaac, he would would be more aware and more willing to fulfill his duty. But what I've realized is that closeness to God does not always translate to holiness or love. Take Lucifer, for example, the, the covering cherub next to the throne of God. But that's a lesson for another time. Isaac, like his father, shows symptoms of what I would like to call she is my sister syndrome. Now, before you make your own interpretations, allow me to define that for you. She's my sister syndrome is the spiritual condition that occurs when fear overrides faith. This syndrome is characterized by telling half truth with the intention of hiding the speck of truth that would otherwise cost your life. So you dilute the truth. You end up diluting the message to just fit with the masses or to just, you know, kind of camouflage into the society without revealing your identity. What she's my sister syndrome really is, is the is the tendency to hide your identity so that you can fit in the tendency to hide your identity so you can just just go in with the crowd. And how many times have we done that? How many times do we do that? where we hide our identity. We don't want to be called Christians anymore. We just want to be just normal. Maybe I'm just a religious person, but I'm not. Maybe I'm just spiritual, but I'm not. What happened to our identity? Why are we so afraid of our identity? In the case of Isaac, he says, Rebecca, his wife, was his sister. Now, we may justify this and say it was being smart. But the truth of the matter is, the scripture have already told us that Isaac did this not out of love, but out of fear, and fear is not of God. And just like in the case of Abraham, King Abimelech of Gerah later reproves Isaac for lying to him and misleading him. It says, And Abimelech said, What is this that thou hast done unto us? One of the people might lightly have lying with thy wife and thou shouldest have brought guiltiness upon us. Now, like you would see here, even in the last uh, story, which is a parallel story of of Abraham and Isaac, we see that in both instances, both Isaac and Abraham judged the people to be faith, uh, to be wicked. But it turns out that they knew something about God in both stories. They both think that these people are wicked. But the truth of the matter is that's not always the case. In fact, in the story of Abraham, Abimelech, Abimelech pleads with God and says, Why, how, how are you gonna slay a righteous nation? And so one thing that got me thinking though is God's silence in all of this. God doesn't really reprimand um, Abraham or Isaac directly. And so it got me thinking, what's going on here? In fact, the next verses that follow seems to be business as usual. Notice verse 12, for instance, which says, then Isaac sold in that land and received in the same year an hundredfold and the Lord blessed him. Verse 13, and the man works great and went forward and grew until he became very great seems like God didn't care about what, what he did. He just blessed this, this person. But remember what verse five said, even though I may not have an answer to that. Remember verse five, verse five says, because that Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, my laws. But let's dive a little bit deeper. Okay. God is blessing Isaac because of Abraham. But why did God bless Abraham? Is it really because of Abraham Or because of something else or to be more precise? What enabled Abraham's obedience? Philippians chapter two, verse 13. Philippians chapter two, verse 13 has this to say about the issue. For it is God that worketh in us both to will and do of his good pleasure. And so, yes, God blessed Abraham. God blessed Isaac, but why did He bless them? On what basis does God bless humanity? It goes back to the first promise ever given in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15. "And I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed, and God bless Abraham. God blessed Isaac. In fact, we read of how he was so blessed that the Philistines, or the people in Gareth, started to envy him, started to cl- clog all his wells. And even though the people tried to clog his wells, tried to stop him, God still blessed him. And we'll be surprised today, why is God bless him, blessing me? I do not deserve all these blessings. I don't deserve to be alive. I do not deserve to, to have this, to have that. Remember the reason of the promise. Jesus is the sum of all promises in him. All promises are yea and amen. He is the reason behind every promise. God favors us because of Jesus. Remember, though, God is not looking at you. He's not looking at your mistakes like in the in the case of Abraham and Isaac. He's not looking at you. He's looking at the cross. He's looking at Jesus Christ, the substitute. And so remember that yes, we might fall and we might sin, but we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And so as we close, my prayer is that you will have faith in Jesus Christ, because that's what God looks at. Do you have faith in Jesus? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So my prayer is that you have the faith in Jesus, but also that you may possess the faith of Jesus. And only as we look into Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, can we exemplify the faith that he had. So thank you so much for watching. Hope to see you in the next episode of Journey Through the Bible.